Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this program, we're previewing an upcoming fundraising event for the Calgary Zoo. This fundraising brunch, compliments of Macmillan Estate Planning, will be held on June 20th with special guest speaker, noted naturalist and storyteller, Brian Keating. Here's Brian in conversation with Sherry McMillan. Brian, just listening to you in the last segment of your passion around the zoo and your life's work, you stay connected to nature and you've always been my inspiration to do that, to spend time in nature. And I have been blessed to travel with you um, and see you pick up beetles and fall down hills and really enjoy the nature out there in the world. And so I think this is, you know, really your calling in life. Oh, thanks, Sherry. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. When I worked at the zoo for those 30 years, it was uh, it was uh, just a continuation of my childhood. In, in essence, I started bird watching when I was 12 years old, and that got me out into the wilds and exploring and discovering. And, and it and I just feel so blessed that I was given that opportunity. And then somehow I latched on to this love affair with things outdoors. And uh, so working at the zoo was really an extension of that. And, and the zoo gave me an excuse to continue to explore those ecosystems and I started the travel program not long after I got at the zoo and that's taken me all around the world onto all seven continents and I spend these days about 150 days a year uh, out of Canada traveling exploring taking people on trips into some of the best natural areas of the planet and and it's it's uh, it's been it's been a definitely a love affair with the outdoors there's no doubt about it and Sherry I'm glad you and I were able to spend that time uh, out in the wilds. It, it is very powerful. And, and I find, and I've got a number of examples of this, but uh, I find that when people go on, on these trips, uh, they, they can be life-altering. And I think that that's probably the bottom line. We, we spend so much time in our day-to-day world trying to make money, trying to make ends meet, trying to make a living, uh, getting our kids educated and off to university, uh, maintaining our own professional careers, maintaining relationships. And what time do you have? You know, it's, it's hard to make that time. And yet when, when you incorporate bits of natureness into your life, it, uh, it, 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 um, it's the great leveler. We, you know, we are, I tell kids that basically human beings are well-dressed, big-brained, upright gophers. Really, that's all we are, <laughs> Sherry. We we need the same things all the other mammals and birds and or all the all the creatures of the world need. We need clean water. We need productive soil, and we need clean air. And without that, uh, what good are we? What good is the planet? And I think that there is a way to incorporate uh, this natureness into our everyday life, even at work. It's it's just a matter of figuring out how to do it, and then opening up your heart to what I call the parallel universe, which is the stuff that's going on us around us all the time. The migrating birds coming and going, the 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 nesting birds in our own backyards, uh, the the experiences we can have in in Banff or Namibia or where wherever we end up in our travels. And I look at companies like. Macmillan Estates, and I'm just so thrilled that they're so involved in wanting to do stuff with the zoo and continue to do uh, uh, fundraising efforts like the one that we have coming up. It's, it's very exciting to, to be involved, and, uh, and I, I feel honored that you've invited me to be your guest speaker and, uh, and that we've got the Wardens, the band from uh, Canmore and, and Banff, coming to, uh, to sing and entertain us in between each one of my short presentations. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, the opportunity is there for, obviously, our Macmillan clients that have been invited, but we're also extending it to those folks who've been listening to The Strong Room for years. So if they'd like to come and be inspired 
uh, to connect to nature and perhaps give back to the cause of the flood from last year. It's the anniversary. It's the anniversary this year, and we want to support, you know, the recovery. And the recovery is still ongoing, although they've made substantial progress. We still have more to go. A long ways to go. The, the one thing about working at the zoo is that it is never finished. There's always something new to do there. They've got, in the master plan, they've got a lemur garden being planned where you'll actually be able to walk right in amongst the lemurs. It'll be fantastic. I've spent a lot of time in Madagascar in years past, and it's a, it's a thrilling environment uh, made very special because of those lemurs. But they also have uh, the Indian rhino coming in. They've got, they just got some mandrel baboons, which are a forest baboon from Africa, very colorful colorful baboon. They've just got three of them in uh, just uh, recently. And, and so the zoo is, is moving forward and progressing. And it's going to take a while before it gets a lot of its conservation programs back on track, but it'll get there. And I think that's what, why I was so bonded to the zoo for so long was the work that I could do uh, allowed me to fulfill my own personal interests. And my personal interests are intact ecosystems. And, and uh, over the years, I met some of my all-time heroes like Dr. Jane Goodall, and we've become good friends since, and we communicate regularly, and I'm, I'm involved in, in some of the projects that she's involved in. And Dr. George Schauler, who is the father of field biology, he was the one that mentored Diane Fossey in, to go and see uh, gorillas. And Rodney Jackson, who is the basically the, the, the person who figured out what snow leopards do, how they do it, when they do it, when they mate, where they, where they breed, where they uh, set up their denning sites and how they kill and what they kill. And uh, all of these people I've kept in touch with and been involved with. And I, and, I, and I guess that's what's been so exciting about my own career. One project that I'm very pleased to see the zoo continue on with is the Wachau Hippo Sanctuary in northern Ghana. And, uh, and I just saw some literature that the zoo recently put out and it continues to be their flagship conservation program. Brian, you are really an inspiration for people to connect to nature. But what do you think your own personal legacy is? <laughs> well, you know, Sherry, I, I hope that I leave behind uh, a, um, an army of people that are more connected to nature. I, I hope that I'm able to inspire and encourage, uh, especially children, to get outside and to, to get away from their their electronics and, and go and play and build forts, explore the woods, play down by the creeks and rivers and, and walk the prairies. I just, I hope my legacy is one of, 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 of nature and nature understanding. And, uh, and I, and I, and I think, I think that, um, you know, I think the, the way I see people react to it when I get them somehow involved in, in these various trips. I just ran a trip down to the Galapagos Islands and seeing blue-footed boobies doing their dancing. Uh, we, the, it's, this is the time of the year when the albatross come in. We actually watched albatross landing. We watched them dancing and, and we actually saw some, some of them copulating. So it was a good way to start the day, Sherry. And, uh, <laughs> and we, we swam with sea lions and, and in a couple of weeks, I'll be heading down or over to the BC coast and we'll be sailing in a small boat with a small group of, of people up along the coast of Alaska looking for, for grizzly bears and bubble net feeding humpback whales. And the whale population has come back substantially. And, uh, and so I think our, our chances of seeing whales are probably 100%. Hopefully we'll see them doing some of that interesting feeding behavior. And I'm hoping that you'll share some of these stories in our upcoming fundraiser for the zoo. Um, and we invite you today, if you're a listening audience, to join us. Obviously, Brian, you bring out the play in most of us. And you connect not just children to nature, but the children in us to the nature. Oh, thank you, Sherry. 
Now I have to ask, Brian, what mischief are you up to now? <laughs> well, you know, for years, Sherry, <laughs> I've been watching the Nature Conservancy do its thing. And I've always been intrigued with the idea of not necessarily buying land, but by placing an easement on a land in cooperation with the landowners to uh, ensure that the land stays in its natural state. And uh, and we've got a fantastic opportunity uh, up against the foothills of our own Rocky Mountains here just west of the city and south down to Waterton National Park of of a lot of native prairie that is is unbroken it's been utilized for the last 100 years as ranch land and ranch land is actually conducive to keeping most of the wildlife there so it it's actually not a it's not a negative on the land it's been a positive because ranching doesn't involve tilling the land and the prairies uh have are one of the most altered landscapes on the planet the uh because of their their it's the breadbasket of the world so for good reason we've altered the prairies over the last 100 years to feed the world but the ranch land up against the the uh the the whole uh eastern slopes of the rocky mountains is intact ecosystem that still has grizzly bear, that still has elk, that still has cougars and wolverine wandering through, coyotes and, and nesting birds of all kinds. Virtually all of the wildlife that was there 150 years ago is still there, except for the bison. Uh, even wolves are found in that region. And and uh, and obviously there's an, a difficult relationship between ranchers and wolves, but the fact is most ranchers want to see wolves on their land and they 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 work with uh, wildlife managers and other advisors to figure out ways to keep it so that their loss is minimal and uh, and the, the the long and the short of that is is that the nature conservancy started to work with the landowners in the mid 1990s to to develop conservation easements and uh, and I thought way back then when I first heard about this that this was an impossible dream uh, it to try to get people that have been living on the land for generation after generation to to sign a document that basically says they won't alter the land for forevermore that's a that's a big challenge and yet you fast forward to now and the jigsaw puzzle is almost complete they are raising some money for the for a, a, a few projects uh, just south of the city that are very strategic and very important. But uh, something happened in the mid towards the end of the 1990s, and and all of these ranch lands started to get eaten up by little sub developments because everybody in Calgary wealth was building in Alberta. People in Alberta, when you drive down there, it's it's jaw dropping beautiful. You want to live there. I want to live there, but everybody can't live there. And and uh, and so by working with the ranchers, they've been able to put into place these conservation easements to prevent uh, the developers from going into building basically subdivisions of Calgary. And I think, Sherry, they're well on their way to keeping the landscape intact for future generations. And if if I want to put a feather in the cap of one organization that's doing some good on the ground conservation work, that's the Nature Conservancy of Canada. A reminder, the Macmillan Estate Planning Fundraising Brunch for the Calgary Zoo is June 20th. You can register online at macmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room.